Hello, bridge builders, change makers, and just bomb human beings. Welcome to Can Black People Grow Hair, a podcast created to bridge the racial gap between the black and white communities by inspiring intentional engagement and encouraging vulnerable conversations. I'm your host, Andrea Crystal, and today we're going to chat about why it's so important for the white community to empower their own self-education journey by validating what they're learning through genuine connections with people in the Black community. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. So I have noticed that there is a clear shift that I've been seeing happening today in respect to people being on an anti-racism journey, broadening their worldview and challenging their own biases. And it's that people are really starting to get a better grasp of how important it is to own their education journey. So what I mean by that is that I'm, I'm noticing that there's more dialogue happening within the white community itself about being vigilant and not placing the responsibility of their cultural or racial uh, racial education on people of color. And I think it's so interesting, honestly, because on one hand, I find it refreshing. I'm kind of like, great, that's awesome. Like, I'm so glad that they're starting to recognize it within their own community and also calling each other to accountability about it. Uh, but on the other hand, I also can't help but kind of feel like, um, yeah, (laughs) of course you shouldn't place the responsibility of your education on anyone about anything really. Uh, That really shouldn't have ever been a thing. But what I'm realizing is in those feelings that I feel and in that like gut reaction that I have, some of this bewilderment that I'm feeling that just kind of naturally comes up inside me is stemming from the fact that as people of color, As black people, I mean, we have been required so often as the norm to have to prove our worth wherever we went. And I'm not even talking about like the typical having to prove that you're qualified to do a job during an interview or, you know, having to study hard to prove that you have knowledge to pass a test, like those typical kind of things. I'm talking about having to prove that you deserve to even be allowed to get your foot in the door of certain companies to get an interview when your difference becomes known. Or even having to prove to a teacher that you actually studied for an exam, like all the other students, and that you earned that high grade. That, in fact, you didn't have to cheat your way to it just because there's stigma that may say that minority students are poor learners. And That's actually a great example of a situation that had occurred in my own life as a teenager. And it's it's just interesting to me because it's like if you're a minority, you learned very quickly that you cannot just ride the coattails of someone else's knowledge to get where you need to go. And that's because, I mean, that would require someone to willingly offer to hit you a ride, first of all, which does not happen often. So you either have to choose to take ownership to make a way for yourself or you don't and you basically just, you know, stay where you're at because what have been considered 
the majority's right to education or right to free speech has always, it's been just too often something that we had to politely ask for. And then, you know, fingers crossed, hope for the best um, or work our butts off to earn. So I guess my response to (laughs) those who are finally starting to really understand that your education is your responsibility, I want to say welcome to the party if you're new here because if you are new to taking ownership of your racial or cultural education, why well, I want to say welcome to the work that people of color weren't given an option but to have to invest in if we want to thrive in a world that is equally ours as it is anyone else's. If you're finding yourself in the thick of kind of wading through all of this new information and feeling challenged with all of these new ways to think in order to connect with people different from you, then let me reassure you that you are right where you're supposed to be. Because y'all, this is the work. Like the tough, the tough stuff, that's the work. Taking ownership of initiating your own education feeling out of sorts, but showing up anyway, leaning into the uncomfortable with the hope that if you keep in it, that you'll make a breakthrough and you'll grow as a person. This is the work. And, you know, the cool thing is that now that you as a white person are showing up to learn at the same level of personal responsibility that we as people of color have been expected to just always prove ourselves at. Now, we are all that much closer to truly meeting each other in the middle. And that is such a cool thing to me. And that's what I feel like so much of this season that we're in right now as a global community is about. Leveling the playing field finally. This is the work. All right, so I think we're all aware now that education is the first step of this work of building bridges, right? Like we're on the same page on that. I think so. So It's a great place to start, but I don't want us to stop there. We can get educated by anyone, anywhere about anything nowadays. I mean, you got social media, the news, podcasts, audiobooks, YouTube, you know, the list goes on. Education is just a click and a couple seconds away from any of us. The clincher, though, is that education is not always synonymous with truth or even sometimes with human decency. I remember once that I was told by a therapist years ago that when arguments happen between couples, there are always three sides to every story. And that's his side, her side, and the truth. And I always held on to that. Like, I never forgot that because it's served me so well as a reminder for so many different interactions throughout the years. And I feel like there's a similar truth when it comes to education. There's the side of the person or people uh, that created the information. 
there's the side of the person taking in the information through their personal filter. And then there's, of course, the truth. But how often do we really take all of that into account? How often do we really step back just a brief moment after reading that Facebook post or that infographic or the meme that, you know, God knows who created and ask ourselves three little words. Is this true? And sometimes, sometimes you have to dig deep, (laughs) go deep for the truth in something, especially in topics of racism and bias, anti-racism, because there are some quote unquote educational pieces out there that if you don't take ownership of your own education by asking, is this true? You could be reading something that has just enough truth strategically just just wedged into the middle of a bunch of garbage that things will sound just convincing enough for you to pass it on to other people as truth, who pass it on to other people as truth, who pass it on to other people as truth, and it goes on and on and on. And now you've possibly played a role in pushing someone else's agenda that you may not actually fully agree with or understand, and yet unwittingly consented to because you did not validate it. You didn't ask, is this true? Though this episode is targeted to the white community, this kind of, um, I kind of consider it like the rumor mill way of educating ourselves is not foreign to any of us, including myself. I mean, honestly, like in all transparency, do you know how many times I've seen something on Instagram and my initial reaction was to get indignant and like self-righteous and all judgy, especially when it comes to stuff about like equality. I get all these feelings. I get in my feelings just to find out after asking myself, is this true? And looking deeper into it, I find out it wasn't true at all or just, you know, a partial truth. And then after really learning what the truth was behind it, I actually was much more empathetic to the issue than I initially thought. I mean, honestly, that has happened so many times, so many times. And some of those things I even shared just to end up having to delete it later because I got the real, real information on it or I ended up, it ended up sparking some conversation that I had with um, someone that gave me a different perspective that opened my mind a little bit more. So this can This can, and it does happen to us all, myself included, guilty party over here, Um, because we're we're all just walking the same journey of trying to figure the world and people out. So I get it. But when we don't take ownership of our education, when we drink whatever Kool-Aid someone gives us without asking, is it true? We have to remember the simple concept that what we know is what we share. And in today's world, sharing is power. I mean, you can look at Twitter and certain influential people that would use Twitter as a way to share opinions. Uh, I think we all have seen the results of how sharing is power, about how sharing is influence. And today, sharing is currency. We should all want to be more intentional on what we share. 
and why we share it so that we're not, you know, nickel and diming each other, but instead passing on something of value. Because what we share, it has a long shelf life and can have far reaching ripple effects farther than, than we can even imagine. You may be wondering, what are ways that I can maximize my education journey and, and possibly minimize regurgitating information that may not be true, or that may unintentionally have the opposite effect of what I'm looking for. So my answer to that is to collaborate and validate. Now this, I believe, is the part of the process that can't truly be explored to its fullest without stepping out of comfort zones and committing oneself to the pursuit of relationship with those different from from you, which I also think can mean that it can be the more intimidating part of the anti-racism journey for people and the point where you might find yourself kind of stalling your arrival to, in a way. To collaborate and validate will require you to be brave, vulnerable, and open-hearted because it'll require you to put yourself out there to someone else. And that's scary. It can, it can be scary, especially to people that, you know, you don't have a lot of shared experiences with. So you might have to put yourself out there and um, share yourself with someone you're already in relationship with, or maybe not, but you're going to need to express that you're on an education journey, share what you're learning, ask for their insight and then listen with curiosity and non-judgment. Be willing to be wrong. Be okay with being wrong. In fact, get comfortable with being wrong. Be willing to go back to the drawing board if needed to possibly unlearn some things that you thought you learned. See whoever you're speaking to as an individual and not a representative of every black person or person of color that exists. And lastly, Please don't beat yourself up for not knowing it all, okay? This is not a competition, or at least it shouldn't be. Because building bridges is a journey meant to make lifetime learners out of us all. So be kind to yourself. To my black folks and my people of color, we have a role in this as well. Because to collaborate and validate offers us an opportunity to partner with others to help validate the education they've already taken the initiative to get on their own. It's an opportunity for us to share our unique stories, bring a greater understanding of the diversity of blackness and people of color, to play a role in bringing life and application to someone's education. And we get to be a part of minimizing popular rumor mills or really just uh, plain untruths. And really, this is what we should want. We should want people to seek out their own education while also not spreading more misinformation that we have to then combat on a daily basis. And we should want to be a part of clearing up misconceptions about us whenever we can. And, you know, I wonder, though, how often we kind of bow out of opportunities to do so or give up on people too quickly because of our impatience and judgment. 
We say we want people to educate themselves, but then we expect them to have everything click like right away and quickly and preferably without our help. Thank you very much. But here's the thing. They don't have any experience being black because they are, in fact, very much not black. So... For us to expect things to just click into place for them while we hold a sign up that reads, don't ask me, is just, I I just think it's unrealistic, honestly. It is true. It's very true that we are not responsible for someone's education. But that doesn't mean that there's not a valuable role for us to play in being a supplement to the education they're getting on their own. I mean, what better expert is there to go to on the diversity of black life than black people? We should be more than willing to give people the benefit of the doubt that they really do want to learn, are putting in the work to do so, and we should be more empathetic to the fact that they may be on the journey of undoing decades, generations of frameworks that have been fortified by their family tradition, by community, religion, trauma, and who knows what. I mean, are you are you able to overcome all of that for yourself overnight? It takes time. Making mistakes and continuing to show up anyway. Let's be better at offering others the same amount of patience, grace, empathy, and support that we want given to ourselves or to those that we love. If we avoid this collaborate and validate process in order to kind of, you know, work around our differences, we will both be missing out on an opportunity to understand one another and to be understood by one another, which is part of the anti-racism work. It's part of the work needed to build unity and community with one another. And it's also one of the crucial aspects of coming together that uh, people and systems of division understand can be an easy point of access to keep people from wanting to compare notes, you know, in order to find the truth of the matter. So don't let those systems and those people continue to play us against each other anymore. I mean, when is it going to stop? When are we going to stop allowing things to pin us against each other? We're creating a new normal here. And we've got work to do. And we got to start doing it together. Thank you for listening to Can Black People Grow Hair? I hope that this episode brought value to you as we talked about the importance of taking ownership of initiating our own education by asking, is it true? And collaborating with one another by sharing our unique stories, being willing to offer supplemental support, and being patient with one another as we journey through this lifelong learning process of building community. I hope you'll join me next week as we dive into another topic, but until then, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Andrea Crystal, and if you're down for inviting others to be bridge builders too, I would love it if you'd rate and review the podcast and share this episode wherever your favorite people hang out. So that is all for me today. Keep building bridges instead of walls, and we'll talk again soon.